and a load of other debt. Wouldn't it be great if it all just went away? Nine-year mortgage can change your life. We paid off all of our bills. All your debt, including your mortgage, in as little as nine years? We will have saved over $313,000 in interest payments. Even have more money left over each month? It lowered our monthly payments by a little over $500. Nine-year mortgage. (laughs) Where have they been all of our life? If you knew about something like that, you'd want to tell everybody. Whenever I have a friend or someone that needs this service, I give them the number. Hi, I'm Larry Ruff, president of Nine Year Mortgage. This is unlike anything you've ever seen before, and it will absolutely not harm your credit. Call for your free CD and learn how you can eliminate all of your debt, including your mortgage, much sooner than you ever dreamed possible. The more debt you have, the more we can help. Call for your free CD now, 800-383-5310. This works. Call the number. Call now for your free CD, 800-383-5310, Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Good afternoon. Chuck Moore speaks Monday through Friday, 10 till noon Eastern Standard Time here at the Information Radio Network. You're welcome to join the program, 844 439 1391. That is the number, 844-439-1391. My guest this segment is Liz Peek. She is a columnist for foxnews.com, writes for the Fiscal Times. Liz, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Liz, we're witnessing um, extreme exuberance, if you will, on on Wall Street in the past week with unprecedented highs. You've been covering this for a long time. First of all, what what is going on here? Well, look, I think it's very hard to get very far away from the idea that it's all about the Fed. Uh, and so we constantly have reminders of that. For example, when we have a bad jobs report, such as we saw last week, the market basically goes up. Why is that? Because the Fed uh, is basically pledged to fight unemployment and The only reason they would start to raise rates is if unemployment gets down to the level that they consider the economy to be running at sort of maximum capacity, and we just aren't there yet. And every time we have a tepid, or in the case of last week, quite poor jobs report, the Fed is recommitted, in effect, keeping rates low, and that really has been the driver of the stock market. It it has also been the case that uh, corporate profits have done quite well in this cycle off the bottoms created by the financial crisis. But really, at the, at the end of the day, it's about the Fed. And with very, very low rates, investors have to go somewhere for returns. All those institutional investors, pension managers, and so forth, who really need uh, to earn some money on the monies that are under their management. For example, if you're running a pension fund for New York City cops, let's say, for their retirement, you have to return 7 or 8% or else the city has to come up with more money to fund that system. So it's incredibly important for managers to look for return. They're certainly not going to get it in the bond market. So basically the entire world has been flowing money 
uh, investing money into U.S. equities, uh, seeking yield. And that really isn't going to change for the foreseeable future. In Europe right now, uh, you have sort of a replay of what's been going on in the U.S. You have the uh, authorities in Europe deciding to lower interest rates, which was a surprise, but again, driven by the same slow growth uh, reality that we face in the U.S., and so you would think maybe that that would um, encourage investors to look at European markets. The problem there is you have much bigger impact from the geopolitical threats, such as particularly the Ukraine-Russia skirmish, uh, than we do. So Europe would look like a pretty big competitor for our markets right now, except that they face a few more risks than we do. But basically, Liz, uh, I wanna... I, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. I, I want to break it down to some um, some basics here. First of all, when the Fed decides, and we're talking about the Federal Reserve, to maintain lower interest rates, the um, the reality is that that means that more dollars are pumped into the economy. That means that there's more speculation, there's more loans, um, there there's just more monetary creation. And the result is... Um, an artificial uh, bounce for uh, for corporations, at least on paper. In the long term, it also very well could and usually does mean inflation because the value of the dollar decreases. It's, it's like anything else. It's supply and demand. If there's more supply than there is demand, then the value is going to, is going to go down. Uh, would I be right about that? Yeah, I think, I think that's a fair statement. I mean, Look, the, in the beginning, in the beginning several years ago, when the Fed first went to what's called quantitative easing, which is the process by which the Fed buys up uh, mainly Treasury securities and in exchange provides liquidity to the banking system, the idea was to unfreeze the credit markets. You know, at the, at the depths of the financial crisis, people, you know, bank, uh, companies primarily couldn't get a loan uh, and also what was the obviously the biggest driver of the financial crisis was the overinvestment, the overborrowing uh, in uh, mortgages. And so the last thing the government wanted was to put even further pressure on homeowners who were already faced with declining home values. Uh, they didn't want to see mortgage rates go up. So there were a lot of good reasons, I think, for the Fed undertaking the quantitative easing measures that they did. I think the issue was how long it went on. Most people felt that QE1, as it was called, the first stage of that, and QE2 were perhaps both needed and and reasonable. I think by the time they got to the third tranche, this is when people began to raise an eyebrow and say, wait a minute, you know, uh, the Fed's balance sheet is now over $4 trillion. This is an unprecedented uh, move into the credit markets by a federal institution. You know what are the what's the end game here? And so what we, what the market has been trying to discern over the past year, and particularly as Bernanke, former Federal, uh, federal Reserve Chair Ben Bernanke, handed the torch to uh, Janet Yellen, was what would there be a discernible change in policy? Is it likely that? Uh, you know, Yellen was going to take a, a more uh, aggressive stance. Well, it turns out just the opposite. Probably Yellen is more of what they call a dove on rates. That is, she is more willing mm-hmm. 
to go along with low rates than Bernanke was. So the market, after a bit of flutter and excitement about the handover, has actually been remarkably stable and confident that, again, uh, which I want to get to your point in a minute, unless there is some sign that unemployment is getting, uh, that the labor market is getting so tight that wages could be driven higher, thus sparking the inflation that you mentioned, uh, you you know, that that the Fed really isn't going to change policy. Even they are winding down the purchasing of bonds, but the portfolio that they have, this $4 trillion of mostly treasury securities, though they also do have some mortgage-backed securities in that mix, uh, that they will basically sit with that. So, um, you know, there's a lot to ponder here because it's not healthy, uh, in my view, for this enormous uh, portfolio to sort of weigh on the market. I don't think it's healthy to have the Fed have such a controlling interest in how the market behaves. And as you say, it has created distortions. The third world economies, for example, were just crushed by our uh, quantitative easing measures. You know, so who cares about that? Well, investors cared because they put a lot of money in those markets and they saw the returns diminish, so they got out, which meant that those economies took a real hit. Uh, It also, as you point out, it drove up some commodity prices. You know, money was seeking yield or returns, so it wasn't just equities in the beginning. They also fed a big hike in a lot of commodities. Those subsequently have mostly turned south again because of a combination of factors. One is slower growth in China, and that's been the biggest incremental market for commodities for some time. Um, A slowdown in China meant that commodities prices, building materials, things like that began to slow down. And also we saw a big cycle in the mining industry where a lot of capacity came on stream and copper and things like that. So those industries also saw some uh, diminution in price. But but look, I, I mean, I think where we are now uh, is the Fed isn't going to have quite such a firm hand on the tiller because, again, they are winding down their bond-buying program. Uh, but the question of whether they'll begin to actually reduce their holdings, that's a whole different issue, and I, I don't think they will for the moment. And also to, to suggest that the Fed decide to raise interest rates is not good news because if you take a look at the annual budget deficit um, or the annual uh-huh. – portion of the budget that that goes to paying the deficit it's something like 20 25 percent so if they raise interest rates that's going to blow up the um, the national deficit it's going to affect the value of the dollar in in a way that uh, might be the opposite of inflation it would it could lead to a depression um, and, and I guess that this gets to a more fundamental question Liz as someone who's covered this issue for a long time. When you talk about things like quantitative easing and, and, and whatnot, what that really means, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the Federal Reserve, which is a consortium of private bankers, um, basically monetizes debt. They create money out of thin air by a few computers, you know, blips on a computer screen. I mean, it's not to say they don't have a lot of hard assets. Obviously, uh, there's, there's money's invested in their member banks, but they go above and beyond that in terms of collateral, and they do what's called a fractional reserve loan, which they then loan to the federal government at interest. That's what's called the, you know, that's why we, we have a deficit. And, and that 
essentially the government grows, more dollars are pumped into the economy. There's a, uh, it's there's the result is a diminution of the value of the dollar for working people because the actual amount of money floating into the economy is not a reflection of production. So I guess my question to you, and maybe this is much more of a systemic question, is is there a better system, given the fact that the, the Federal Reserve System is one that's based on debt, that our money is a debt instrument, is there a means by which we can move toward a, a valuated currency that is based upon savings, that's based upon the genuine means to determine the value of the economy, the amount that the economy actually needs, and then to have that that, that money issued into the economy debt-free so the banks can lend it, so the capital can accumulate, and that we don't have to be subject to these these massive contortions in the economy that, that, are, that are lean upon our property and our future? It's an interesting question. Of course, there are people who argue for the return to the gold standard, and I'm sure you're aware of that. There's you know, there's mm-hmm. there's quite a view that basically our currency has been in, in the in a sort of long term process of being debased ever since the 1970s when we went off the gold standard. I I disagree with that. I think um, I think that the full faith and credit of the United States government is still a pretty good bet. We don't need gold to back that up. Um, if you're asking, you know, is there some way of matching the availability of credit? to better matching it to actual production growth uh, and demand for money, you know, the answer is yes. Obviously, that is a decision that the Fed could make. Uh, uh, I, th- I, think, I think the answer is that we have seen, what we have seen is completely unusual. It's a one-off. That isn't to say that the Federal Reserve has not been in the past charged with monitoring credit flows and trying to time the expansion of liquidity or the contraction of liquidity in the market in a way that would, uh, you know, smooth out our business cycles. The Fed has notoriously been unable to do this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, under Greenspan. And we that had was a, the original reason why the Fed set up. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole purpose, know. the selling, right? Yeah, I, I mean, wasn't that the selling point back in the, when, it, when the Federal Reserve Act was passed? I mean, that's sure. they would be able to regulate and uh, standardize national uh, valuations. Uh, we, we, we've got to take a brief break here. My guest is Liz Peake. She's a columnist for Fox News, the Fiscal Times. We'll be right back. Breathe it in, kid. Clean, fresh air thanks to these new air handler filters. They're more energy efficient, hold more dust, and are stronger than ever. And Granger's got over 3,000 different styles and sizes to choose from. Just ordered a new batch from Granger.com today. I love oxygen, kid. And this facility's got some great AO2. I'm breathing easier just thinking about these air handler filters. Get some today. Get it? Got it? Good. Call, click Granger.com slash air handler or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. How would you like to save money on gas and get paid to do it? Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby with the three-step plan home-based business system. Gas was only about a dollar a gallon when I started the three-step plan. 
Today, thousands of families are working from home, driving less, and earning extra money with their own home business. Go to 3stepusa.com. Hi, my name is Gara, and I'm from Missouri. I heard about the three-step plan. I checked into it. It changed my life. I get to stay home instead of driving 50 miles a day to work. I finally paid off a bunch of debt. The three-step plan has worked for me. Most three-step plan members work part-time using the telephone and the Internet to build their business. Our tried and proven home business system can give you the tools and training you need to build your own home business. Do something now. If you'd like to check out the three-step plan, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. That's 800-480-2102. Attention business owners. Is your company currently ranking on page one? If not, then you need ClickDepot.com. It's true. Search engine users click on organic results by a margin of 94% to 6%. If you're not on page one, you're done. To start moving to the top, visit ClickDepot.com. Searching your company's name will always put you on page one. But what if shoppers don't search your name? What if your company doesn't even rank? Then what? You need ClickDepot.com, the results-based search engine marketing firm that says, if you don't rank, you don't pay. Begin moving to the top today, beat the competition, and turn clicks into customers with ClickDepot.com. Yes, it's true. Search engine users click on organic results by a margin of 94% to 6%, and that's where they spend their cash. Are customers finding you on page one? Stop paying and praying and start ranking today with ClickDepot.com. Visit ClickDepot.com. That's ClickDepot.com today. Some restrictions apply. Offer valid in select cities. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Fix the AC, build a deck, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, remodelers, whatever type of home pro you need. HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuildhomeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. You have a mortgage and a load of other debt. Wouldn't it be great if it all just went away? We paid off all of our bills. All your debt, including your mortgage, in as little as nine years? We will have saved over $313,000 in interest payments. Even have more money left over each month? It lowered our monthly payments by a little over $500. Call for your free CD now, 800-383-5310. This works. Call the number. Call now for your free CD, 800-383-5310, 800-383-5310. Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. And my guest is Liz Peak. She's a columnist for Fox News, a, 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 an economic uh, writer and columnist. Uh, Liz, we're, uh, by the way, I agree with you on the issue of the gold standard. I don't think that. Um, the American dollar has to be pegged to gold. We've seen that, uh, you know, it was pegged to gold during the Great Depression of 1929. It didn't seem to matter. It had more to do with the manipulation of currency by this uh, Federal Reserve. Um, 
I would I just wonder if there's a way that uh, that governments can't issue currency interest free that would be a reflection of uh, monies that are needed and and that we would not be subject to not only these boom and bust cycles at least not to the huge degree that we are but also this recent boom is influenced by policies enacted by European central banks as well and uh, I just will give a historic example of what I'm talking about, and that is in my own home state of Massachusetts, when it was uh, the Bay Colony in Br- of Britain, it was the first colony, it was the first government to set up a what was called a land bank, which was, uh, it was a bank that issued currency, or what was called scrip, in Massachusetts, directly to primarily agricultural businesses and farmers, with an anticipation of earning after they presented a solid business plan. There was a very low interest rate charge for the loans, and the monies and the profits went directly into the state treasury, which was used to um, improve infrastructure. And the result was that currency was issued in Massachusetts, in, in a sense, without interest and, and, and without excess. It really reflected genuine value, uh, not gold value. There was no gold at the time. But, but but the value of what the economy was producing. And the result was an enormous economic boom. Uh, well, can't it, I at mean, this time we figure something like that out? I, I think that what you're describing is, in effect, what happens when the Fed isn't artificially manipulating rates through large-scale purchases or sales of securities, right? I mean, in effect, then businesses and consumers are going to banks and and asking for loans and that uh, generates sort of a, a wholesome cycle if you will of borrowing and lending that is dependent on or driven by economic activity when what we have now is is independent of that it's it's uh lending that's being driven by artificially low rates i mean for example and, and by the way i think this is hugely corrupting in a sense i don't mean that personally corrupting, but I think it's a very dislocating kind of move. But I know lots of money managers who for the last, or and investor types who are for the last several years have been saying, you know, I wouldn't do this deal, but with rates where they are, dot, 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 you know, I can't resist doing it, or I shouldn't be doing this. It's not a great deal on its merits, but with rates basically at zero, uh, you know, any marginal return is worth putting money to work. Now, that's what the government, in a sense, hopes that people will do. It hopes to generate business activity. But a lot of those deals that are being done, a lot of the investments that are being made are really not worthy. They're not necessarily economically justifiable. So, you know, you do end up with uh, a lot of wheel turning that is not driven by good good old-fashioned common sense or uh, economic justification. So, but I think absent <laughs> absent this enormous intervention that we've seen, we have had periods of time um, when you know Federal Reserve activity has been more or less neutral. Now you could argue that in fact the neutrality was what led to the bust, right? I mean, the the notion the notion that the Federal Reserve or the Financial Stability Oversight Council or any of the other Washington federal organizations that are meant to regulate this vast economy uh, will do so 
unerringly is is ludicrous in my view. I don't think it's ever happened. I don't think it's going to happen. And by the way, similarly, I don't think that the government is an effective overseer of our healthcare system or anything else. I just don't. I think market forces are much better regulators than individuals who are subject to all kinds of political pressures. For example, uh, going into the 2016 election, if Janet Yellen really thought that rates should be going back up, is she going to do that? Is she going to do that in the face of what it would mean to Democrats, what it would mean to markets? The only, think about this, I mean, the only thing economically that this president can really, you know, shout from the rafters and celebrate is a rising stock market. We haven't had a good job market. Uh, we can talk about inflation. Right, and being- it doesn't necessarily well, – well, the problem is it doesn't reflect in terms of actual production, actual jobs. I mean, it, it, it seems like it's floating on this huge infusion uh, of cash. Anyway, I don't- we're going to take one more break here. Can you stick with me just a little after the break? Okay. Thank you. We'll be right back. Thank you. and a load of other debt. Wouldn't it be great if it all just went away? Nine-year mortgage can change your life. We paid off all of our bills. All your debt, including your mortgage, in as little as nine years. We will have saved over $313,000 in interest payments. Even have more money left over each month? It lowered our monthly payments by a little over $500. Nine-year mortgage. (laughs) Where have they been all of our life? If you knew about something like that, you'd want to tell everybody. Whenever I have a friend or someone that needs this service, I give them the number. Hi, I'm Larry Ruff, president of Nine Year Mortgage. This is unlike anything you've ever seen before, and it will absolutely not harm your credit. Call for your free CD and learn how you can eliminate all of your debt, including your mortgage, much sooner than you ever dreamed possible. The more debt you have, the more we can help. Call for your free CD now, 800-383-5310. This works. Call the number. Call now for your free CD, 800-383-5310, 800-383-5310. We're talking to Floyd Wilson, who after years of struggling with being overweight, has had his jaws wired shut to force him to eat less. Floyd, how is it going? Uh It looks like that's uncomfortable. Uh Certainly I can see how that could help you lose weight, Floyd, but isn't it a bit extreme? Uh You could have just ordered the 10 2 and a chew weight loss system from ilikehowilook.com website, and all you would have had to do to lose weight is take a small capsule at 10 a.m., one at 2 p.m. They will curb your appetite and help you burn more calories. Then, any time you felt a need for a snack, just eat one of their great tasting collagen protein candy chews. You can learn all about it on ilikehowilook.com. They'll even send you free samples. Floyd, what are you doing with those wire cutters? Shouldn't you let a doctor do that? Go to ilikehowilook.com and check out the world's easiest weight loss system. Ask for free samples. That's ilikehowilook.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. My guest is Liz Peek. She's a columnist for Fox News for the uh, Fiscal Times. We're talking about the uh, the system in general, the entire systemic condition of the of our monetary system. And Liz, I, I think that the two criticisms I have of the Federal Reserve and the difference between the Federal Reserve and the system I previously mentioned, which is the land bank 
in uh, Massachusetts is, number one, that the Federal Reserve is privately owned, whereas the land bank was publicly owned. It was owned by the, by the Bay Colony, which issued the currency based upon, uh, you know, applications for currency by the people of Massachusetts. And secondly, that the Federal Reserve is a huge national entity as opposed to a more local state entity. So when they do something, when they make a mistake, it affects the whole country. It affects the whole world. Um, I, I would think that, that the better approach would be to move uh, the creation of currency towards state institutions, to move Wall Street in terms of uh, the, 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 uh, the actual stock exchange back to state, uh, state control, which disappeared in the 1930s under the Roosevelt administration, and to, uh, to basically have the government operate with very heavy regulation on ensuring that banks are issuing currency based upon certain standards uh, of, of application. Rather than having this national entity that privately creates money and then lends it to the government at interest and profits from that, and, and profits from these massive fluctuations in the economy. So I would probably take issue with that. Uh, while we all like to think that everything should be managed and orchestrated locally because we feel like we have more control over that and more insight and understanding of that, I think I would reflect to you that what you're describing is a little bit like what's going on in Europe, where you have many different entities uh, all trying to uh, work with common, common purpose, in effect. But in fact, what you end up with is all these entities squabbling and enacting different regulations. And he, here's the problem. As companies and banks become huge organizations, and there's really no standing in the way of that. I mean, if you're McDonald's and you have businesses all over the world, you want a banking uh, system and a lending capacity and so forth that is indeed global and in line with your with your business plan. I mean, you. Uh, so, I, I just think as everything has gone global and as banks have to deal with that reality, I don't think that regulation. You know, what you're describing also kind of fosters the kind of regulation cherry picking that went on before the financial crisis, banks sort of going to the places where they got the most favorable treatment. And that's happened a little bit in Europe, too, right, where basically ECB is, is uh, and the regulators in Europe are trying to come to terms with regulation that satisfies the needs of, what is it, 27 different countries. Well, good luck with that, because each of those countries right. has different issues. Spain doesn't want regulations that are too tough because their banks are still you know, infused with bad loans, and they could come crashing down, as we saw recently in Portugal, for example, where a bank, major bank failed as that country began to try and meet the guidelines of the um, uh, evolving regulations that are EU-wide or that are going to affect all the European Union countries. I, I think that uh, – I, I don't think that regulation – I just think regulation state by state of an activity that is essentially – countrywide, if not global, is a very risky undertaking. I just don't think that can happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but what, I mean, isn't it an incredible power, though, that this Federal Reserve can actually set interest rates for the entire country, when if we had banks competing on the open market and setting interest rates depending upon 
prevailing conditions. And also, if we get rid of fractional reserve banking, which was a problem with the Portuguese bank, they were basically lending <coughs> 10 times, 20 times, I think something like 80 times out more money than they had in reserve, which is what the Federal Reserve is doing on a national level. And they well, not lend money that they have. We've got one more break here. I'll be right back. A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse, is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show, Chuck Morse Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Morse Speaks, people listen. The taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the, the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on demand page at deborahray.us. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. For those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes, now there's hope. The Internal Revenue Service has extraordinary programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. Call the 911 Tax Relief Helpline that has been set up to help you. 800-295-1849. Stop the wage garnishments, levies, and tax liens now. Once you've qualified and enrolled, the IRS will halt all collection activities against you. These unique programs have been allocated to help the economy and significantly reduce or eliminate your tax burden. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs. You may qualify for substantial savings, so get the help you need. For free information and to see if you qualify, take down the number now for the Tax Relief Helpline. 800-295-1849. 800-295-1849. That's 800-295-1849. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. This week is my guest. Uh, as I guess said in a nutshell, I am saying why why isn't there a means in this day and age after all of the great advancements in science and technology and knowledge and everything else? Why can't we figure out how to control our own money and the the value of our money? Let banks lend money they have at interest rates that they set, let them compete, 
on the open market, but yet the actual control of the issuance of currency, I, I don't think that should be in private hands. Um, I don't know exactly how that would work, but it seems to me that it's a basic function of a sovereign nation to determine the value of the currency. In fact, the Constitution even has a clause that says that. Article 1, Section 8, it says, Congress shall coin coin money and regulate the value thereof. And what they meant by coining money was not gold and silver. It meant to create money and then regulate its value. Not the Federal Reserve, not banks, but the Congress. Well, but Congress initiated the, the program we have now, the plan we have now, the process we have now, excuse me, uh, and I think it was done with a view that having private banks, uh, you know, escape the possibility of a national bank or a federal bank uh, possibly acting uh, politically or whatever. In other words, we have a treasury that works very closely with the Federal Reserve. Um, I mean, in, in your depiction, you're also you you start off by saying you want private banks to set rates. Well, that's kind of what's happening. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I, I agree the Federal Reserve is a little bit of a misnomer because it's not federal. It is private banks, but it's under federal control. It's operated under the control of a chairman uh, and a committee that's appointed by the president. So it, it is, you know, it's a blend of private and, and uh, national. And to be honest with you, I, I'm not an anti-Fed person. I think that Federal Reserve policy in this crisis was very useful. It, it certainly was as useful as uh, the Keynesian approach of uh, manipulating spending in order to gin up the economy. Um, I think it was very useful in terms of unlocking credit markets. We've never seen such a freeze in credit, and that was a that was probably the most scary thing to me uh, during the financial crisis: is people could not borrow, uh, and banks would not loan. I mean, it was a d- double whammy. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm not a Fed hater. I think the system more or less works, but it needs probably to, to be shifted in terms of emphasis right now. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, proof of God in heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via his universal laws and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. This is my guest. We're talking about... Currency, finance, uh, Liz. So, um, you know, it's just a, just one quick extra piece here is that you mentioned that Janet Yellen would not be wanting to raise interest rates at a time when it might hurt Democrats during a midterm election or in general. 
I mean, to my way of thinking, that that goes to how politicized the system is rather than simply having a means by which currency is issued because it's needed or not needed. But putting that aside, given where we are now and given this exuberance in the market, both from Fed policy and also from central banking policy, primarily from Europe, I don't know if it's also Asia, which is very much growing in that area, uh, what do you see happening? Do you think there's going to be a, a stock market crash? I've heard this predicted. Oh, okay, we've uh, Liz had to go. Sorry about that. Um, I guess that question will just have to hang in the air. <laughs> um, you know, the uh, look. I mean, again, I, I would suggest that um, that. The, the best means, and I know this sounds like somewhat of a a radical idea. I don't think it is. Um, we actually had on um, on this program somebody from the Ludwig von Mises Institute uh, a couple of days ago, who uh, who talked about this, or at least a um, a variation of it. And I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth, but he was suggesting that. Um, that being that, that uh, the Federal Reserve is uh, is overblown. That being Mark Thornton, from the Ludwig von Mises Institute, and that is that uh, while currency ought to be issued directly by the government, interest free, um, under the auspices of Congress, which is what the Constitution calls for, which means that our elected officials, our representatives, would be responsible for such issuance, not to, and, and that they would have a. A, some sort of a bureau to do it, and that could be the Fed, uh, except operating under the auspices of Congress and operating as economists, not in a political context and not in a context that profits the banks uh, through uh, fractional reserve banking, but rather simply does the bidding of the nation by insu- issuing interest-free uh, U.S. notes uh, th- that the currency could then uh, be uh, a reflection of what the economy is producing, for better or for worse, that money would be real and abstract in that it would actually be a, li- a-, a real, live, genuine reflection of what the economy is producing. And as such, the value of the money would be stabilized and that the policy of an honest government would be to do just that, stabilize the value of the currency to make it as consistent as possible forever, not to see it fluctuated by private forces that that are manipulating it in a way not only to gain financially and to game the system by skimming off the top, but also as a means of using the dollar as a political instrument to further a political agenda, whatever that may be. I don't think that government money should be used for a political agenda. Money should serve one purpose and one purpose only. It is a means of exchange. It is a storage of value. It is a measurement of time and effort, not as a political means to enrich or empower any one group over another. If a group is making a a successful presentation in the open market, whether it be through goods or services or ideas, then they will be rewarded with money by setting a rate that they charge for the service, 
and letting the free market decide ultimately whether or not that rate will generate a transaction. Not by manipulating the value of the abstract means itself, which I would argue is corrupting. I think that the Massachusetts Bay Colony was right, and I'm proud to say, as a resident of my state, Massachusetts was the uh, the cradle of a lot of things, not just liberty. It's also the cradle of currency. And the uh, a big aspect of the American Revolution was the war by our national government, our confederation, to have the ability to issue such currency to deal with genuine crisis at that time. And they did so. It helped pay for the the American Revolution. Unfortunately, the British responded by massive counterfeiting in that they counterfeited the script. And the result was that Congress had to look outside of the Fed, the, um, the, the issuance of the Continental Script, and borrow money from outside sources. But the idea was right. And I think the idea there remains right. We'll be right back. You got to pay attention to the small things, kid. Small things matter. Small problems become big problems. Take a transformer. Ring leaks into a transformer. Insulation system breaks down. Insulation system breaks down. Copper windings overheat. Copper windings overheat. Transformer blows. Transformer blows. Facility goes dark. Facility goes dark. Kid, you don't want to know what happens next. That's why I use Granger. Granger helps keep small problems from turning into big problems. Get it? Got it? Good. Call, click Granger.com, or stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. How would you like to save money on gas and get paid to do it? Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby with the three-step plan home-based business system. Gas was only about a dollar a gallon when I started the three-step plan. Today, thousands of families are working from home, driving less, and earning extra money with their own home business. To find out how you can make more money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. That's 800-480-2102. Author, journalist, and American patriot, this is Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much, and uh, again, I want to thank Liz Peake for joining me. She had another uh, interview. I just got a note from her apologizing for having to leave this quickly. Uh, and I should mention that my books are available at Amazon Kindle. I'm happy to say that uh, there's some sales going on here. Some people are interested in these books. Um, I've worked hard at them, writing them, publishing them. I have a new book. I'm not going to publish this as an ebook. Uh, I have it under contract with a literary agent, and I'm waiting to see if we find a major publisher first. But my books are available on Amazon Kindle. Just go there, put my name in the server. Chuck Morse, M-O-R-S-E, and you'll see three soft covers published come up. Those are The Nazi Connection to Islamic Terrorism, Adolf Hitler and Hajimin al-Husseini, published by WND Books, A Whig Manifesto, A Short History of the Whig Movement, published by Trine Day Books, and Barney Frank and the Law of Unintended Consequences, How the Frank Amendments Helped Terrorists Get Legal Visas, published by iUniverse which, by the way, is a pretty good book to take a look at now as the anniversary of 9-11 approaches, if you want to understand 
how it is that those 19 hijackers on that terrible day came in this country with legal visas. It'll make your blood boil. And there are my e-books. They are as follows. On the Jewish question, Karl Marx, Anti-Semitism and the War Against the West. The Monkey Trial, Evolutionary Politics in the Post-Traditional Age. The Art and Science of American Money, How Our Money is Created and Why It Matters. The Socialist Bible, Why the Communist Manifesto is the World's Second Most Important Book. American Spring Manifesto, Manifesto of Operation American Spring. ACORN, The Takeover of America. American Testament, The Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution, Keys to America's Future. Bible Tabula Rasa, The Book of Genesis. Was Hitler a Leftist? Islamo-Communism, the Communist Connection to Islamic Terrorism, and the Counter-Fabian, Republicans, and the age of Obama. We'll be back. Stay tuned. For those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes, now there's hope. The Internal Revenue Service has extraordinary programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. Call the 911 Tax Relief Helpline that has been set up to help you. 800-295-1849. Stop the wage garnishments, levies, and tax liens now. Once you've qualified and enrolled, the IRS will halt all collection activities against you. These unique programs have been allocated to help the economy and significantly reduce or eliminate your tax burden. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs. You may qualify for substantial savings, so get the help you need. For free information and to see if you qualify, take down the number now for the Tax Relief Helpline. 800-295-1849. 800-295-1849. That's 800-295-1849. Actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. When our daughter Emma was born, we took a look at our credit card debt. It was not a good situation. We had been running up balances for quite some time, and it became a crisis. Finally, my wife Vicki said, call Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752 to talk to a certified counselor. We called them, they contacted all of our creditors, they stopped the collections calls, they got the interest reduced, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your bills, stop collections calls, wipe out late fees, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We are now completely debt-free, and we will never be in the spot we were again, thanks to Trinity. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752. My name is John. I'm Vicki. And I'm Emma. And, and we're, we're debt-free debt for keeps. That's 1-800-793-8752. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Good afternoon, hour number two, Chuck Moore speaks. You're welcome to join the program here at the Information Radio Network. 
844-439-1391 is the number. 844-439-1391. This is an open line segment. What is on your mind this afternoon, eh? Good article in here from my good friend uh, Jesse Lee Peterson. Um, he is uh, with uh, writing for World Net Daily. He's a radio talk show host. Christians, here's a solution to gays suing your business. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. A quote from Matthew 10:16. Christians are losing because of their lack of wisdom. Let me explain. A lesbian couple sued and won a discrimination lawsuit against Christian farm owners, Robert and Cynthia Gifford of New York, after they refused to allow same-sex wedding on their scenic property. Despite the fact that the Christian business owners have hosted same-sex events and have even hired homosexuals, a New York judge ruled that they were in violation of that state's anti-discrimination laws and fined them $13,000. As a result, the givens have now stopped hosting weddings altogether. According to their attorney, the couple had decided to stay true to their religious convictions even though it will likely hurt their business. That's unfortunate. Too many Christians lack real wisdom when dealing with evil, and as a result, they are losing their livelihoods and suffering unnecessarily. It doesn't have to be this way. Consider this. What if, instead of closing their businesses, the Christians agreed to allow the same-sex union ceremonies on their property but told the lesbian couple up front that they would take their money and donate it to a conservative Christian law firm to fight against same-sex marriage. Huh. In other words, what if they took the sinner's money and used it for good? <laughs> well, first of all, let's just weigh in on the issue itself. Um, this is a situation, I would argue, by which the freedom of this company is being harassed. You know, they're not telling gay people that they can't come to the property or attend a wedding, you know, like anyone else. I mean, this is the way the issue has been portrayed by the liberal media and even by many responsible liberals and moderates is, and I give the example of the case of the uh, the wedding cake baker in uh, in Arizona, that he's denying gay people the right to buy his cakes. That's not it. No one is saying a gay person can't walk into his cake store and buy a cake. And if he is, that's discrimination and that's illegal. What he what what is being said by the activists is that they're going to tell him how he has to bake his cake. In other words, they are going to exercise their creative control over the cake baker and make him bake a cake the way they want it baked, not the way he wants to bake it. And that's discrimination against him. I mean, would you go into a, a uh, like if you wanted to have an oil portrait painted, would you go in and tell an artist how he is to port, you know, to paint? You know, these are creative decisions made by businesses. 
they're not telling someone they can't buy the cake. And it's not as, it's not actually a religious matter. I think that in the case that I'm talking about in Arizona, the uh, the, the, the baker and, and others made the mistake of portraying it as a religious freedom matter. Yes, it is a religious freedom matter for sure. But the bottom line is that it's a broader issue than that. It is the right of a company, of a private group of people who come together to create a profit, to create, yeah, to absolutely make a profit, but to create a service or a good and then to offer it to the public at profit, of course. Uh, why else would they do it? We, we, we've abolished slavery in 1866. We now work for, we don't work for free. We're paid. <laughs> so, yeah, of course they want to make a profit. Um and, and basically, they're being told by the government that they have to pre- create the product in a certain way. That's wrong. In other words, it's – and they did bring up the right example that what if it was uh, – the, the baker was, was Jewish and you had, you know, like a couple coming in who wanted to have a Nazi wedding. They wanted a swastika on the cake or, or a, you know, or, or a frosting shaped like Hitler's mustache or something. Should that cake baker be forced to make a cake like that, even though it offends him, or for any reason? Of course we all say no. What if the baker were black, and you had a couple who wanted a wedding cake because they were having a clan wedding, and they wanted hooded people and burning crosses on it? Would you have the government tell that black baker that he had to create a cake? After all, if he didn't, wouldn't he be discriminating against clansmen? In other words, it's really a situation in this country where we as a people, while we want to have a unified and and coherent national culture, at the same time, we also want to err on the side of freedom to allow, and it's part of that culture, to allow businesses to conduct their affairs in a way that, that they think is right. And again, I don't think that it, it, we're not expecting a, a line to be crossed and that you can't go back to Jim Crow where a business can say, oh, well, we don't serve black people. That's not what's going on. Black people are served. Does a black person then have a right to go in and demand that uh, everybody you know, wear, a, wear an, a uniform like Malcolm X? I mean, that's really what this is. And anyways... Getting back to the article here, um, Jesse Lee Peterson has a rather novel approach, which is tell the Christian couple that all the money is going to be donated to a law firm fighting same-sex marriage. What what a unique and interesting idea. I floated this idea on my radio program and received calls from solid stand-up Christians who could not even consider the possibility of doing this. They said that providing the service would go against their conscience and equated it to condoning the sin. That to me, using the sin as money to help restore God's order is the right thing to do. Some Christians may feel like they're compromising their principles, but consider the outcome of these recent examples of well-meaning Christians who took what appeared to be a principled stand against evil without, in my opinion, the benefit of God-revealed wisdom. 
The owners of Sweet Cakes by Melissa, an Oregon bakery, refused to make a wedding cake for a lesbian couple and are facing hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines after they were found guilty of violating the couple's civil rights. Now again, I don't see where anyone's civil right is violated. First of all, that couple could go to another bakery down the street that would make a a wedding cake for them. Secondly, they could go into the bakery and buy a cake. This particular bakery happens to offer cakes based upon their values. They're not discriminating. Anybody can buy it. The fact that they would sue them to force them to make a cake recognizing their lesbian marriage when this baker didn't want to do that. I don't care what the reason is. It's it's their right, and it's wrong to use the government to force this baker to make that cake and then to fine them $100,000? By the way, who gets that money, I wonder? Anyway, Jack Phillips, the owner of a Masterpiece Cake show in Colorado, was ordered by a judge to either provide his service for gay weddings or face fines. Mr. Phillips has vowed to stop making wedding cakes completely. The New Mexico Supreme Court ruled in August that two Christian photographers who declined to photograph a same-sex union violated the state's Human Rights Act. The Washington State Attorney General filed a lawsuit against the florist who refused to provide flowers for a same-sex couple's wedding. It's commendable that these Christians are taking a stand. But I be- And by the way, again, they are taking a stand because of their own faith, but they are taking a stand for all of us who want freedom. This is a much more transcendent issue. But I believe that their methods are unwise, getting back to Jesse Lee here, are unwise and are causing them undue suffering. LGBT groups have deep pockets, and most small businesses cannot afford to spend tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars in protracted legal battles. And even if Christians can afford to do battle in court, they often lose when they appear in front of liberal judges who are sympathetic to homosexuals. But I say that Christians can have their cake and eat it too. Taking the sinner's money does not equate to condoning the sin. It just means that we would be better funded and equipped to do battle. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Romans 8, 3, 7. And he called his ten servants and delivered to them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Luke nineteen thirteen. It's our duty as God's children to fight to win, not occupy in the modern sense of just showing up without any real hope of victory. We need to be thinking like Mel Gibson in the movie Ransom, where instead of playing the typical victim, he turns the tables on his son's kidnappers. If every Christian business owner had the mindset of using the sinner's money for the good, and said, I don't condone your sin, but I'll take your money and use it to fight against you, the outcome would be good and pleasing to God. If Christians did this, here's what would happen. Homosexuals would stop trying to force us to provide services for their weddings 
because they would know that we would use their money to fight against their destructive idea of marriage. And since we would be following the law, until we can change it, we'd be less likely to be sued. If we were sued, we would likely win, because we would not be discriminating against anyone, quote, discriminating. Many Christians who stand rigidly on principle without wisdom feel a false sense of righteousness and suffer merely to show how holy they are. God's children should be persecuting sinners with the rod of truth instead. Christians are the ones being persecuted for their lack of wisdom. This is how our faith instructs us to deal with evil. If we go on the offensive with wisdom and boldness, we cannot lose. It's time for Christians to stop losing and to become more than conquerors once again. Hmm. What a great piece. I'm proud of Jesse Lee for writing that. He's on to something. Here's a special announcement for those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes. Now, there's hope. The Internal Revenue Service has extraordinary programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. Call the 911 Tax Relief Helpline that has been set up to help you. 800-295-1849. Stop the wage garnishments, levies, and tax liens now. Once you've qualified and enrolled, the IRS will halt all collection activities against you. These unique programs have been allocated to help the economy and significantly reduce or eliminate your tax burden. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs. You may qualify for substantial savings, so get the help you need. For free information and to see if you qualify, take down the number now for the Tax Relief Helpline. 800-295-1849. 800-295-1849. That's 800-295-1849. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to begin? Do you fear your job is in jeopardy or is your business income reduction keeping you awake at night? We're in the best time in 25 years to make a fortune in real estate without using your money or credit. My name is Ron Legrand, and I've taught a half a million people to do just that and personally bought hundreds of houses myself. If you'll call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and leave your information, I'll send you the first 500 callers my hot new CD, Foreclosure Fortunes, and my best-selling book to help you get started absolutely free. I'll show you how to build a six-figure income part-time with no previous experience and no license, even if you're a busy professional. Call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and get my new book and CD free. That's 800-970-6156. Take your life back and make this your best year ever. Call 800-970-6156 now. Hi, I'm Joan London, and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. They found me a place for which she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now... Very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. 
So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call A Place for Mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, 800-469-7591. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Fix the AC, build a deck, remodel the kitchen, whatever your home improvement need, Home Advisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, remodelers, whatever type of home pro you need. HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuildhomeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. saying that uh, the Obama-ISIS strategy is dead in the water. If President Barack Obama is looking for help from coalition of Sunni-majority countries to resist the Islamic State or ISIS, the consensus among regional analysts and military experts is that it won't work. Obama has been pushing at the recent NATO summit for the formation of a coalition to resist ISIS. But Great Britain has been stressing such a force should not be Western-led. U.S. Secretary of State Kerry and other administration officials have, in turn, been reaching out to nations across the Middle East. Many of the key Sunni countries, such as Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, and the United Arab Emirates, however, not only channel money to ISIS, but also have militias or militaries inferior, particularly in command and control and tactical maneuvering to ISIS capabilities and its fanaticism and ferocity in the battlefield. ISIS was able to score early battlefield successes against Iraqi army that initially scattered upon being attacked, abandoning much of its modern and expensive Western military equipment for ISIS use. This development came after the United States over a decade has spent hundreds of billions of dollars to train and equip the Iraqi army, only to have it evaporate on ISIS initial assaults into the country last June. This acquisition of powerful military hardware, along with its takeover of oil wells and the robbing of banks approaching a billion dollars, allowed the Sunni jihadist group to incorporate 
vast amounts of territory, military bases, and other strategic infrastructure, which the Iraqi army now finds difficult, if not impossible, to retrieve. Military experts point out that ISIS already has begun to adapt to air power attacks from the United States and even Syria, which has attacked ISIS positions around Raqqa, a Syrian city the ISIS announced as capital of its caliphate, under which all like-minded extremist Sunnis are expected to live until strict Sharia law, under strict Sharia law, or be killed. While Western air power attacks have in some ways blunted ISIS advance, particularly around critical strategic locations such as dams, ISIS is modifying its approach away from large convoys of vehicles that expose its position to artillery fire. ISIS has begun to downsize its forces to company and sometimes battalion-level operations, giving it even more flexibility in small unit tactical capabilities with mounting battlefield success. In effect, ISIS is adopting more to an asymmetrical warfare approach of unconventional warfare or rapid reaction guerrilla fighting where hit-and-run tactics have proven successful in the past against standing armies. Such an approach is opposite to how Arab countries typically operate, with large standing armies more difficult to maneuver at the tactical level. Arab armies also have a history of a lack of coordination when working with other Arab armies, especially in a unified command and control structure. Despite its purchase of tens of billions of dollars in Western military hardware, Saudi Arabia especially has displayed such obstacles in its fight against al-Qaeda in neighboring Yemen. Capabilities of coordinated command and control and the ability to move armies swiftly require near-constant military exercises to become proficient. However, there is no evidence such military exercises among Arab countries has taken place. Unlike Arab armies, the ISIS leadership has diffused decision-making responsibilities to an emir or a prince. Since caliph leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi and his close military advisors cannot micromanage highly dispersed units across the vast area. The emirs of the Islamic State, there are imbued with sufficient decision-making responsibility, which when combined with often considerable experience in small unit indirect fire and infiltration tactics, allows them to maximize the ability and flexibility of their motorized light infantry outfits reports and analysis of the Open Intelligence Group Factory. We'll be right back. I help you? Hi, I'd like to cancel my teeth whitening appointment. Oh, may I ask why? I found a teeth whitener that works in five minutes that I can do from home. Can I ask what it is? It's called Power Swabs, and it whitens your teeth in five minutes, doesn't leave my teeth feeling sensitive, and it's a lot less expensive than visiting the dentist. Hi, I'm John Greenhut, the CEO of Power Swabs, and if you want to whiten your teeth two shades in five minutes and six shades in seven days, then try Power Swabs. There's no messy strips or trays that you'll have to leave in your mouth for 
an hour. Just swab your teeth and you're done. It removes stains on natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. Try Power Swabs risk-free by calling 1-800-270-8863. That's 1-800-270-8863. I guarantee your friends and co-workers will be wowed by your new white smile. Try it risk-free and get free shipping and handling today. Dial 1-800-270-8863. That's 1-800-270-8863. You have a mortgage and a load of other debt. Wouldn't it be great if it all just went away? Nine-year mortgage can change your life. We paid off all of our bills. All your debt, including your mortgage, in as little as nine years? We will have saved over $313,000 in interest payments. Even have more money left over each month? It lowered our monthly payments by a little over $500. Nine-year mortgage. (laughs) Where have they been all of our life? If you knew about something like that, you'd want to tell everybody. Whenever I have a friend or someone that needs this service, I give them the number. Hi, I'm Larry Ruff, president of Nine-Year Mortgage. This is unlike anything you've ever seen before, and it will absolutely absolutely not harm your credit. Call for your free CD and learn how you can eliminate all of your debt, including your mortgage, much sooner than you ever dreamed possible. The more debt you have, the more we can help. Call for your free CD now. 800-383-5310. This works. Call the number. Call now for your free CD. 800-383-5310. 800-383-5310. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. It looks like the um, the Boston the mosque of the um, the marathon killers is in the news again. That being the um, the bombers mosque in Cambridge. I drive by it occasionally. Um, you know the Sonnet brothers, who uh, who murdered uh, three Americans and grievously wounded about two hundred and fifty others. On that awful day, the Boston Marathon, uh, in April of 2013, um, th- they were attending a mosque that obviously had a radical imam, it seems. Uh, I've talked about how they and their families, their wa- uh, the Tamerlane's wife and um, their sister and their mother, they all these people were on welfare. All of them were getting the full package, federal, state, and local, free housing, food stamps, money, scholarships, all the benefits. They knew how to work the system. Never did a day's work in their life. We were paying for them, paying, feeding them, housing them. These were able-bodied people. They never worked until they blew up the uh, Boston Marathon. I, I, I would hope that this would lead to a greater examination of the welfare system, certainly in Massachusetts, but nationally, it hasn't. No one seems to want to talk about it. And in fact, um, Sonnet's sister was just picked up in New York after making bomb threats. I have a feeling, I'm not going too far out on a limb to suggest that she's probably still on welfare. You and I, the taxpayer, we're still paying for them. Anyway, now the Boston Bombers Mosque is tied to ISIS. This is according to the New York Post, and it's been mentioned in the Boston media, too. Do they have a choice? When it was revealed that the Boston Marathon Bombers attended a Cambridge Mass Mosque, its leaders were quick to disavow their actions. 
Elder brother Tamerlan Tarnef's ideology was not their own, the leaders of the Islamic Society mosque claimed. In fact, he was admonished for an extremist outburst he made during one sermon. So, one crackpot in a congregation who can blame the mosque, but what about eight, including a prominent member of ISIS? As it turns out, worshippers at the Islamic Society have included Abdul Rahman Alamudi, the mosque's founder and first president, who in 2004 was sentenced to 25 years in prison for plotting terrorism. In 2005, the Treasury Department issued a statement saying Alamudi raised money for Al-Qaeda in the United States. Asafia Siddiqui, an MIT scientist turned Al-Qaeda agent, who in 2010, I wonder what he was studying over at MIT. I think it might have been nuclear physics. All right. Uh, Al-Qaeda agent who in 2010 was sentenced to 86 years in prison for planning a New York chemical attack known as Lady Al-Qaeda. She is related to 9-11 mastermind Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. ISIS has tried to trade her release for journalist hostages. Tarek Mahana, who in 2012 got 17 years in prison for conspiring to use automatic weapons to murder shoppers in a suburban Boston mall. Yosef El-Khadari, a mosque trustee and Egyptian Muslim Brotherhood leader banned from the U.S. after issuing a fatwa that called for the killing of U.S. soldiers. Jamal Badawi, another former trustee who in 2007 was named an unindicted co-conspirator in a plan to funnel more than 12 million to Palestinian suicide bombers. Now these are all people who were attending this mosque right here in Cambridge, just a few, really a stone's throw from where I happen to be in Boston. I've seen it many times. Now it can be revealed that another regular worshiper at the Islamic Society Mosque was Ahmed Abu Samra, who is now the top propagandist for ISIS. A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show Chuck Morse Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Morse Speaks, people listen. The taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the, the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on demand page at deborahray.us. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Maurice Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. 
Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. And if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone, like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, Taking back America one listener at a time, Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much. So another radical Islamist out of Boston at the um, Islamic Mosque in Cambridge. Abu Sami, his father, a prominent doctor, even sat on the board of directors of the Muslim organization that runs the mosque. He stepped down after the FBI began questioning his son. The FBI su- suspects Abu Samra now operates ISIS's sophisticated media wing promoting the group's beheadings and other atrocities through slick videos posted on the Internet. The brutally effective English-language propaganda campaign has helped attract thousands of Western jihadists, including at least 300 Americans. Gee, I didn't know that. I knew that they were British. I didn't know 300 Americans now. The FBI says Abu Samra, 32, traveled to Pakistan and Yemen to train to kill Americans while enrolled at Boston colleges. Hmm. I wonder if he was paying, who was paying the bill. I think the father probably is a doctor. I don't know if he's on welfare. It's interesting to ask in Massachusetts. He justified murdering civilians because they paid taxes to support the government and were kafirs, non-believers. Gee, that's interesting. Okay, so taxpayers and non-Muslims, are, it's justified to murder them. Boston FBI agent Andrew Nambu testified in an affidavit. Another agent, Heidi Williams, says Abu Samra, who has a $50,000 bounty on his head, was inspired by the 9-11 attacks and, in fact, celebrated it. A federal indictment says he even plotted to randomly gunned down shoppers, then emergency responders in a Boston mall. But when he couldn't obtain the automatic weapons for the attack, he abandoned the plan to move to Syria, where he could enter Iraq and kill U.S. soldiers as part of violent jihad. 
Where did he learn his views about Islam and jihad? The Islamic society insists it's moderate, that these extremists were fed by online forums. But Charles Jacobs, head of the Boston, Boston's Americans for Peace and Tolerance, says the mosque has hosted pro-jihad speakers and has stocked its library of classic jihadi texts, including writings by Osama bin Laden mentor. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Chuck Morse Speaks Thank you very much and um, just finishing up here on the uh, infiltration in Boston which is apparently still going on Islamic society leaders have openly defended their worshippers convicted of terrorism including Siddiqui and Mahana despite overwhelming evidence against them at the hearings and trials, officials have sought their release or lenient sentences. They have also held fundraisers and rallies for the terrorists. Recently, investigators found a mosque prayer card for Mahana tucked in a Russian dictionary in Sanev's Cambridge apartment. As Abu Sama's father, Dr. Abu Labadi Abu Sama, was president of the Islamic Center of New England mosques until 2007 when he moved to Detroit. The FBI began questioning his son a year earlier. As mosque president, internal documents show, Dr. Abu Samras hired Hafez Masud, brother of a known Pakistani terrorist, to be the imam of a mosque in Sharon, Massachusetts, which his son also attended. I interviewed this man, I believe, in fact, I did. When I was doing my radio program in Foxborough, which is the next, next town over, I did a series of religious interviews with all religious leaders from all the different faiths, and he came in as the Islamic religious leader. And I remember sitting with him at the table, along with my co-host, who was a Catholic deacon in that area, Michael Wanowitz, and asking him the uh, about the I word, Israel. And when I mentioned Israel, a look came over his face that was murderous. Something in his eyes. It was almost satanic. I wasn't surprised. I remember finishing that interview and feeling just, you know, chilled. I mean, I, I felt like 
frightened. I was almost like worried about getting out of there. I regretted it. I never felt that way before. And I was not at all surprised to find out several months later that right after the capture of Tarek Mahana, who was accused by the FBI of plotting a machine gunning at a, at a, at a suburban Boston shopping mall, this this same figure, this 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 um, Islamic uh, mosque head, he fled the country, ended up in Syria. Okay, let's continue here. Yeah, Hafiz Masud, he was the Imam in Sharon, Mass. Abu Sarma, now chief of indoctrinology at Wayne State University in Detroit, did not return emails or phone calls. As for the Islamic Society, insisted isn't preaching hate. But how many terrorists does it take before people are convinced it isn't a coincidence? How many more? How many more? You know, it's um, is is it is it uh, Islamophobic to talk about um, Islamic terrorism and jihad and Sharia law? If it's if it's a phobia, then yeah, I would say I'm I'm phobic. I'm I'm scared, plenty scared. When I see what happens, yeah. It fills me with fear. I don't even like talking about it. But um, we cannot be shy about identifying the enemy and the nature of the enemy. You know, I I have to tell you that um, in my own neighborhood in Boston, which is Brighton, this past couple of years, particularly this past year, I have seen a major influx of Muslims, and it's usually women wearing head head scarves, and in some cases complete body coverings with nothing but the eyes. And um, they're usually accompanied in public by a, a man who looks kind of scruffy and bearded. And my general upbringing as a Jewish American tells me that I need to tolerate people who are different than me because I want to be tolerated. And my liberal uh, background makes me shudder at the thought that I, I, I find the view of a woman head to foot in black cloth as repugnant, but I do. And it's increasing. Is it because I don't like Muslim men and women? No. I don't know if I'd want to have people walking around my neighborhood dressed in uh, traditional Native American garb either. All right, we'll be right back. Dentist office, may I help you? Hi, I'd like to cancel my teeth whitening appointment. Oh, may I ask why? I found a teeth whitener that works in five minutes that I can do from home. Can I ask what it is? It's called Power Swabs, and it whitens your teeth in five minutes, doesn't leave my teeth feeling sensitive, and it's a lot less expensive than visiting the dentist. Hi, I'm John Greenhut, the CEO of Power Swabs. And if you want to whiten your teeth two shades in five minutes and six shades in seven days, then try Power Swabs. There's no messy strips or trays that you'll have to 
leave in your mouth for an hour, just swab your teeth and you're done. It removes stains on natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. Try Power Swabs risk-free by calling 1-800-270-8863. That's 1-800-270-8863. I guarantee your friends and co-workers will be wowed by your new white smile. Try it risk-free and get free shipping and handling today. Dial 1-800-270-8863. That's 1-800-270-8863. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and I want to thank you all for listening this afternoon. I shall return tomorrow, God willing, the usual time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Meanwhile, feel free to check out my books. They're available at Amazon or Amazon Kindle. Just go there, put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, M-O-R-S-E, like Morse code. And you'll see three soft covers and, and 13 uh, and 11 uh, e-books come up. They are as follows. The Islamic Connection to Islamic Terrorism, Adolf Hitler and Hajjamin al-Husseini. A Whig Manifesto, a short history of the Whig movement with modern Whig party perspectives. Barney Frank and the Law of Unintended Consequences, How the Frank Amendments Helped Terrorists Get Legal Visas. On the Jewish Question. Karl Marx, Anti-Semitism and the War Against the West. The Monkey Trial, Evolutionary Politics in the Post-Traditional Age. The Art and Science of American Money, How Our Money is Created and Why It Matters. And I just clicked on that. Oh, The Socialist Bible, Why the Communist Manifesto is the World's Second Most Important Book. American Spring Manifesto, Manifesto of Operation American Spring, ACORN, The Takeover of America, American Testament, The Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution, Keys to America's Future, Bible Tabula Rasa, The Book of Genesis, Was Hitler a Leftist? The uh, Islamo-Communism, The Communist Connection to Islamic Terrorism, and finally, the counter-Fabians, Republicans in the Age of Obama. All of these books are available at Amazon or Amazon Kindle. Just go there, put my name in the server, and the book shall come up uh, for you. It's uh, they range any. Some of them are free right now. This is special, but most of them range from three to five bucks a book. These are full-length books. You could read a couple of pages for free. Uh, you uh, can look at the reviews, read the reviews and the synopsis. My newest book, which is uh, going to be called uh, Why You Hate Jews, that should be published hopefully later this year. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. You listen to the information radio network. Have a good afternoon, everybody. For those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes, now there's hope. The Internal Revenue Service has extraordinary programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. Call the 911 Tax Relief Helpline that has been set up to help you. 800-295-1849. 
Stop the wage garnishments, levies, and tax liens now. Once you've qualified and enrolled, the IRS will halt all collection activities against you. These unique programs have been allocated to help the economy and significantly reduce or eliminate your tax burden. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs. You may qualify for substantial savings, so get the help you need. For free information and to see if you qualify, take down the number now for the Tax Relief Helpline. 800-295-1849. 800-295-1849. That's 800-295-1849.